0: Say this with me Say this is my Bible, this is my Bible. Say I am. I am What it says I am Saying Say, I, I, I can do What it says I can do Say right now, right now. My, mind is alert. my mind is alert My heart is open, my heart is open. I'm, ready to I'm ready to receive The uncompromising, the uncompromising Word of God, God. Saying I believe When I receive, when I receive. Everything, Everything. That, I hear that I hear Will manifest in my, life. In my life In Jesus name, In Jesus name. Amen. Amen Shout out and bless Now come on and clap your hands and like you believe that Amen <laughs> Amen This morning I want us to just jump right into Kind of where we were on last week We were talking about living by faith And not by our emotions Amen, Amen. Living by faith And not by our emotions and so the subtitle for today's message is the danger of emotional living the dangers of emotional living let me set the stage and tell you right now if you are a person who are always driven by your emotions you will always be unstable because your emotions are unstable because your emotions are subject to change by what's going on around them amen listen one of the most important things that I think we need to realize is that, yes, God gave us emotions, but he didn't give them to control us. We are to control them. Amen. People live by their feelings more than anything else in this world. And unless you are trained differently, living by your emotions will seem normal. But how many of you know we are not called to live by our emotions? We are not called to live in this world we, we to be of this world we live in it but we are not of it amen and so because we are not of the world we can't behave like the world responds if you listen to people closely and it was interesting because I had an opportunity to sit in on, a, on one of the soul shift sessions yesterday it's interesting that if people don't catch themselves they constantly talk about how they feel they talk about how, how they perceive things or, or how they understand things But how many know that if none of that Matches up to the word of God It's not the truth amen. I ain't get enough amens on that amen. I'm preaching better than you saying amen This morning amen. If you feel a certain way And the way you feel Doesn't line up with the word of God Somebody gotta be telling the truth And somebody gotta be lying The Bible says Let God be Truth. And let every man yeah. So if your emotions Don't line up with the word of God You got to know your emotions are lying to you That's good. So if your emotions Say you're sick but God says you're healed Somebody lying If the Bible says you're rich But your bank account says you're broke Somebody is lying to you Now the question is Which one do you choose to believe Which report are you going to believe most people if they're not careful they choose to believe what they can see they choose to believe what they can hear and they choose to believe what they can understand with their natural mind if you listen you'll hear people talk about how they feel more than anything else I wonder sometimes if we're actually serving the God of our feelings rather than the God of the Bible because the truth of the matter is you do have a God in your in in that tripartite being of yours And that God in that tripartite being of yours sometimes wants you to do what feels right rather than what's right. You ever had a situation where where you where you knew if you did it, you felt better, but you knew doing it was wrong. Well, the question becomes, which one do you let lead you? And for most of us, if we're honest, if we haven't spent time in personal development in this area, we always tend to go with how we feel. For example, I've heard people say to me, I don't feel like God loves me. What does that mean? You don't feel like God loves you, but did God say he loved you? So if God said he loved you, it's got to always supersede what you're feeling. I don't feel like God loves me, but does he love me? But I don't feel like it, but does he love me? But it doesn't feel like it. But does he love me? No matter how many times you say how you feel, it doesn't trump God's word. And you got to get to the point in your life where you're not living vicariously through your emotions, because if you are, they will have you at war against God's word for your life. God wants to prosper you but you may not feel prosperous and when you don't feel prosperous and you subjugate yourself to your feelings, now your behaviors match your feelings but if you subjugate yourself to what God has said about you and let that override your feeling even when you ain't got money in the bank you still feel prosperous because you got God and as long as you got God, he can change what's in your bank account take your neighbor and say neighbor Everything, Everything. In, the in the natural is subject, is subject. to change. Yes. So you can be broke today and rich this afternoon. Yes. Yes. You can be on your deathbed tonight and be healed in the morning. Yes. Everything in the natural is subject to change. So if there's something in your life you don't like, just hold on. Yes. Just hold on because it is subject to change. Amen. People say, well, I don't feel like God's love me or I don't feel like I have a future. How can you not feel like you have a future when the Bible tells you in Jeremiah 29 and 11, the scripture clearly decries to you, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you says who? My feelings? Says who? The Lord. Not your feelings. Your feelings didn't tell you about your future and your hope. It says the Lord did. He has plans for you. Those (laughs) plans include peace and well-being and they are not for disaster to give you a future and a so don't tell me you don't have a future don't tell me you don't know how it's gonna turn out don't tell me you don't know if you're gonna make it because all that's feeling based because the word of God declares I know before I knew you the thoughts and plans I had for you he said, and in case you didn't know, there were thoughts of increase. There were thoughts of prosperity. They were not disastrous hopes. They was to give you a future and a hope you can depend on. Come on. Come on here. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor my future, my future is, solidified. is solidified. Say, it's my feelings. It's my feelings. I got to fight. fight. Yeah. It's your feelings you got to fight. Because if you are drawn away, the Bible says that we are drawn away not by God's word, but we are drawn away by the lust in our own. So my, what is that lust? People think lust is just about sex. No, lust is a desire. So it's crazy to actually think about it in these terms. I can have within me a desire to fail. My God. Well, Pastor, I never have a desire to fail. If you got feelings that are drawing you towards failure, it's a lust, it's a desire, and it's going to pull you towards failure. That's the reason my lust has to be for God's word. I have to have a desire for the word of God so that I get pulled towards God's direction and not to feel of my direction of my feelings. The Bible clearly says that God loves us And that he has good plans for us But when we believe the lies of the enemy That he puts in our mind Over the word of God We end up feeling like the lies are true Rather than the truth being the truth That's good. That's good. I tell people all the time If you know God's word And you hear something different There's only one person it could have came from Come on there's no 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 there's not like multiple choice a b c d it's just a b in your life you got a 50 percent chance of believing the right thing you're either going to believe god or you're going to believe the defeated one and the bible tells me that the defeated one is a liar from the beginning So that anything he says always has lies in it, even if it sounds like truth. Even if it sounds like truth, the foundation of it is a lie because of where it came from. So I don't accept anything in my life that doesn't come from God's word. The way you solidify yourself The way you fortify yourself In the word of God Is by knowing God's word So that that way you aren't tricked By something that sounds like God's word It's why we ask you to read your Bible It's why we tell you to learn scripture It's why we ask you to be endowed with the Holy Ghost Because you have to be careful Not to be tricked by fool's gold Because fool's gold look like gold And it'll shine like gold and it'll wear like gold. But eventually it's going to tarnish you. Come on. Ooh, that's good. Eventually it's going to leave that green ring around your finger. That green ring around your neck. And anything you accept that's not God's word may look good at first. Yes. It may shine really good at first. Folk may applaud you for it at first. But at some point it's going to leave you tarnished. Yes. It's going to leave you with blemishes. Why? Because only the word of God is true. Understand emotional people make big mistakes. Mm -hmm. Emotional people make big mistakes and they make them when they base their decisions on how they're feeling rather than obeying God and doing what they know is right. So many times I talk to people after the fact, and after the fact, people have so much clarity. You ever talk to somebody after the fact and they go, You know what, in hindsight. And they, we even got a saying for it hindsight's what it's like hindsight is perfect but you know what you can actually see perfectly if you get your emotions under control most people who you talk to who you have to work through a crisis after the fact will tell you that there is something they could have done prior to getting in that bad situation It's, it's, it's one, as a middle school principal I used to ask kids all the time well why did you do that they go oh I, I, just, I just wouldn't think it that's part of the problem many Christians aren't thinking they're responding based on how they feel and when you respond on how based on how you feel you're going to end up making some big big mistakes why because you're, you're th- we used to have a word that we used to use back when I was younger we used to call people fickle yeah. Yeah. your emotions are fickle, fickle. What, what does that mean it means that they are subject to change based on anything you, you know you know who somebody people don't like? Moody people. Yeah. Come on. People don't like moody people. Yeah, no. Because you invite a moody person over to your house for, for dinner and everything is happy and then all of a sudden they just get mad. What? Um, <laughs> uh, right, all of a sudden to you because you thought everything was going fine and now they upset. What are they upset about? You don't know. <laughs> so they don't eat right. Right, Because we're not governed by our emotions If you upset that's your problem but then, you, but then you try to figure it out And before you get it figured out They're not mad no more That is taxing on people who are around you So think about this If it's taxing on the people around you What is it doing to your inner self <laughs> Because if it's taxing on me I can remove myself from your presence Everywhere you go There you are, there you are. So you got to learn to get your emotions under control for your own sanity. Amen. Understand, we have to learn how to live beyond our feelings. We just do. And what's right, even we have to learn to do what's right, even when it doesn't feel right. Even when it doesn't feel right, we have to learn to do what's right. I am frequently asked how I feel about things. Uh, People ask me things like this. They say, Pastor, how do you feel about traveling so much and being gone from home all the time? Well the truth of the matter is this I've learned not to live by my feelings mm-hmm. And by learning not to live by my feelings I don't think about it yeah. Because if I spend time thinking about it It affects how I feel yeah. But I don't live by how I feel Because at this season in my life I know what God told me to do yeah. So if God told me to do something at like this season in my life Why am I spending time thinking about how I feel about it That's irrelevant Come on. It's irrelevant How I feel about having to get on a plane tomorrow morning and be gone all week and come home Saturday and be here with you Sunday and leave on Monday and go until Friday and come back on Saturday and be a Sunday, leave on next Tuesday and be gone to Friday. How I feel about that is irrelevant. It's my assignment. Help us. You better help them on. Oh, I don't feel like getting up going to church this morning. But what's your assignment? Help the people. I don't feel like volunteering in this department. But what's your assignment? I don't feel like praying this morning. But what's your assignment? The problem is, folks want to get paid for not doing the job. You want all the benefits that God gives an obedient person without being obedient. And what you want to do is you want to say, Well, I'm not obedient because I didn't feel like it. But God doesn't move based on your feelings. Because if God moved based on our feelings, everybody would be healed. If God moved based on our feelings, we all be billionaires. But God doesn't respond to feelings. What he responds to is faith. Aid. He responds to your faith. So I do what I do based on faith. I don't really ask myself about how I feel about certain things, especially when it comes to things in the kingdom. I, I don't have the luxury to determine whether or not I'm going to come up here and open the doors on Sunday morning. I have an assignment and so because I have an assignment if I have breath in my body I do the assignment and watch this since I'm going to do the assignment I might as well have a good attitude when I'm doing it I never understand people go to work like I had a bad day you just got here (laughs) what do you mean you had a bad day whatever happened before you crossed that door that has nothing to do with you here now you're here now you're here now. So I tell you when you come to church, I don't care what you felt like when you hit the threshold of that door, you might as well be ready to worship, because that's what we do in here. Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, worship. Worship in here, in here is all of our, all of our assignment. assignment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's all of our assignment. So don't get mad if you ain't worshiping and we nudge you to get on your job. Come on. Oh, that's good. And you're not going to get mad because number one, you're unaffendable, but number two, you don't respond to your feelings. That's good. <laughs> So if you happen to get mad, I'll just remind you that you're an undefendable person and just remind you that you don't work by your feelings and remind you it's time for you to go and get up and give God some praise. Yeah, yeah. Take a nap say, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Understand, if you let your feelings vote for what you want to do, you won't do most stuff. <laughs> if you let your feelings vote for you, you won't do most stuff. Absolutely and you won't do anything that requires you to put forth effort or causes you to be outside your comfort zone if you got the choice, most of us if you got the choice between taking a nap and reading a word so you can learn something in some area that you're struggling with most of you are going go to go sleep because sleep is easy most human beings take the path of, re- of least resistance it's human nature we take the path of least resistance if I tell you, you can walk a straight line and get to point B, or you can go up a hill and get to that same point, everybody walking that straight line. <laughs> Listen, if you go, if you, if, if, if you, most people, you're like, hey, you want to take the stairs? Like, are we going up or down? Because <laughs> if we're going down seven flights, I'm with you. But if it's seven, man, I know they got an elevator here somewhere. At <laughs> leads to the fifth floor because we tend to go by the path of least resistance so you have to get to the place where you go and I know that I am likely to go by the path of least resistance but what does that produce for me that's why I was so impressed with the women who came to soul shift from all over the country and those who were locally who dedicated their time because they didn't have to come but they came because they want to get better they want to get better you know one of of the one of the frustrations I hear from pastors all the time is that that they create all of these classes and all of these groups and all of these things to help people get better and you know who come the people who are already better no I'm serious the very people who need to be in a class on discipleship won't come to discipleship class to be discipled come on Why? Because most people don't understand that they are being subjugated to their feelings. I don't feel like getting up and going because it's cold, but what does that have to do with your development? Most teachers don't like professional development, even if it's good. Now, Chris do, but Chris is a learner. And I I say this all the time. You can even learn something from bad PD. You can. You can learn something from bad PD even if it ain't nothing but what not to do if you're ever doing it. And here's what I don't here's what I Here's what I, you know, as a, as a person who supervises people who supervise people who do PD, one of the things that I think is incredible. What the, what the, what, <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> when people do PD, what I find interesting is the very people who sit in PD classes most of the time who aren't paying attention, get offended when they up doing PD and ain't nobody listening to them. You sold 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 that! That's why folk don't listen to you. It's it's, it's, it's the reason, no joke, it's not only because I love God, but it's the reason as a pastor, I don't care how big the church gets, I'm never going to sit in the back and wait till all the praise and worship is over and then walk out. Why? Because if you want people in your church to participate in praise and worship, they ought to see their leader participating in praise and worship. You sow what you get. So if you sit there and you look at me like a lump on a log and you don't clap, then when you get up and want to make an announcement, we do the same thing to you. Don't be offended, remember? And you're not in your feelings because you don't go by your feelings. But you absolutely reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So you wonder why your kid is so emotional. Because they watched you for years fly off the handle. Come on, Come on they watch you talk about how much you love God and then you get mad and cuss each other out. Come on, They're like, well, I love God too, but when I get mad, oh boy, my mama told me to tell you. <laughs> I ain't the only one who watches TV. <laughs> Understand something. The Passion Translation makes it very clear for us in Romans 12 and 2. Here's what it says. It says we have to stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture that is around us it says we have to be inwardly transformed by the holy spirit for a total reformation on how we think it says this will empower us to discern god's will as we live a beautiful life that is satisfying and perfect in his eyes he said you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because if you don't transform the renewing of your mind, your default is to live by your emotions. Yeah. You, you do it so naturally that before you could speak a word, when you got hungry, you cried. Come on, That was a feeling. Babies don't cry because they know to cry. They cry because it's the only way they have to express an, a, a feeling that they're having. The problem is y'all ain't babies no more. Yes. But yet you're still behaving like a baby who needs a bottle because every time something don't go right, you' screaming and crying and falling on the floor It's time to grow up and say, you know what I'm not going to be controlled by my feelings. The biggest breakthrough that Pastor Sean and I had in repairing our marriage all those years ago was we both made the intelligent decision. And sometimes you just got to make an intelligent decision. What do I mean? I mean, you keep doing the same thing over and 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 over You keep doing the same thing over and over and it's not working, but you keep doing it. Are you crazy? And we have to ask ourselves, are we crazy? Now, we're not crazy, but we're certainly behaving like it. We're certainly behaving like we're crazy. And we're both at too many degrees to be acting like we're crazy. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to learn to have conversations that are void of emotion. Well, what do you mean void of emotion what it meant was we didn't have deep conversation face-to-face we would use at that time it was email we would email each other and our agreement was whatever you read in the email you just have to read it because email doesn't have tone they didn't have all the emojis and stuff y'all got now now y'all got them emojis it's like whoa we kind of knew what you mean when you did that but back then it wasn't no emojis it was just the words now you got enough stuff you ain't even got to have no words you can just have a string of emojis and have a whole conversation but we decided you know what we're going to have a conversation that's void of emotion because in order and we had to practice it for for a couple of years till we learned to be able to hold, go okay now we can have this conversation face to face without all the feeling in it because the truth of the matter is sometimes feeling a lot of times feeling clouds your judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Most absolutely. of the time. Feeling clouds your judgment. You know you didn't like him when you first met him. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, shit. You didn't, you didn't like him. You know you didn't. You didn't like him. He wasn't your type. You had told him no, but he kept being nice. And, and y'all went out. He had good conversation. He had straight teeth. You was like, well, oh, maybe. <laughs> then you went out a few more times a few more times and then a dude you saw that was really cute that you really liked was a jerk and you was like oh I don't like these jerks maybe this nice guy is okay so you spent time with the nice guy and the more time you spent you kept telling your girlfriends about how nice he was you kept rehearsing that story over and over and over and then before you know it you got caught up in your feelings with somebody who you knew you didn't have no business being with why because of your feelings when if you'd have just heard God saying, he ain't Leap, throw him back. <laughs> That's a good catch, but take him off that hook, throw him back, he's not yours. But feelings cloud your judgment, amen? Take a neighbor and say, neighbor, don't let feelings cloud your judgment. That's the danger of emotional living, amen? It's the danger of emotional living. Understand, no matter how hard we try, living life by our emotions is bound to cause us to struggle at some point. We must not base our feelings on our physical senses because our emotions can and will change in a heartbeat. Listen, somebody can say something right now that hit you the wrong way and you can be mad when you was just happy and laughing a moment ago. Our feelings are transitory And they're transitory because we live in this world that is transitory The only thing that is true is what comes from God The Bible says this in Romans 7, 19-21 The Apostle Paul talks about his transitory feelings He talks about these feelings that's on the inside of him That no matter how he tries to control them He can't successfully control them Here is what he says in Romans seven nineteen through 21 It says, my lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things which I want to avoid. He says, So if my behavior, watch this, contradicts my desires to do good, I must then conclude that it's not my true identity that's doing it, but it is the unwelcome intruder of sin that is hindering me from being who I really am. He says, Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good I got any folk out there who want to do good your desire is to do good but even though you desire to do good even when you want to do good evil is ever present and ready to sabotage you he says, truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. It is this unwelcome intruder I find in my humanity. Ooh, come on. It is this unwelcomed intruder I find in my humanity. What is it on the inside of me that both desires to do good but also desires to do bad? It is God and the defeated one. The defeated one only has access to me through my feelings. If you can learn to shut off your feelings from the enemy and, not, and, and I don't mean to walk around like a robot. I do mean not that you walk around being dictated by your emotions. Come on. The Bible never said you weren't going to get mad. It just told you what to do in the event you got mad. It says, in your anger, sin, sin not. When you are angry, don't allow this other member to come in and sabotage you. When, when you are upset, when you are, when you are distraught, when you are in grief, don't allow that other member to come in and sabotage you. Amen? and and, and this is true for all of us because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 4-6 it talks about how we live in this natural realm it says for although we live in the natural realm we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims the reason we don't use manipulation to achieve our aims is because we don't use our feelings to get what we want let me rephrase that we shouldn't use our feelings to get what we want The truth of the matter is And I'm going to say this And y'all can disagree if you want to But it's the truth Women have an uncanny ability To control their environment If they use their emotions The problem is If you practice doing it It makes you manipulative And the Bible says That manipulation is as witchcraft So you have the ability to do it but if you do it, you're a witch. Come on. So you have to learn that even though you might can get what you want through your feelings, it's gonna tarnish you eventually. Yeah, huh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. It sounds good. I can just use my feelings to switch their feelings. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Come on. And if I use my feelings to switch their feelings then I'll get what I want. But what it does is it sullies you. It dirties you. It makes you unclean to be able to hear God's word. Because you train yourself to use your feelings. And now when you need God to move for you, you're trying to move God by your feelings. Because that's what you have practiced. And I heard somebody say if practice makes perfect Then I'm perfect's baby And some of you have become Perfect In learning to use your emotion Which is in your feelings Which is why you can't get God to show up for you You don't realize what you're doing Because you've done it so long A fish Never thinks about how cold the water is A fish doesn't say "Mm, This water is wet today why? Because the fish only knows water. water. Some of you only ever know how to use your feelings. So when we talk to you about using your faith, you like faith? Oh, I know how to use my faith. Oh God, you gotta come through for me. <laughs> I need you to show up mighty, to Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> That's still your feelings. Calling him Abba or Yahweh Doesn't change who he is (laughs) So we have to be careful Not to do that We don't use manipulation That's not the fight that we fight We live in a natural world But we don't use our feelings Amen The Bible says instead our spiritual weapons are energized With divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses Behind which people hide It says we can demolish Watch this Every deceptive fantasy every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and we can break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God those are our feelings when we, have, when we have situations where our feelings tell us that God ain't right that's an arrogant attitude when you know the Bible says that you have to honor God and then your feelings say well you don't feel like it today so we are gonna wait that's an arrogant attitude The Bible says, let everything that hath praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Now some folks are like, I ain't saying hallelujah again. And that's okay, but what you're doing is training yourself how to live by your feelings. Mm -hmm. It's why David said, let us! Bless the Lord! And let us! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. What? Because he was saying, look, I can do it myself, but if we do it together we can all move beyond our feelings praise and worship is designed to help us move beyond our feelings I can come in and teach the word and then we could do praise and worship but the reason that we do praise and worship the way we do praise and worship because we know you come in with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday all over you so we come to move you out of those feelings So that when you hear word, it saturates you and it gives you that divine power to conquer all of those ill fantasies that's been talking to you all week. The Bible says since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. The moment you decide you're going to completely obey God, your feelings become irrelevant. Come on. You can be sitting in here this morning and go, you know what? Forget all this stuff. I'm just going to believe God. What you feel now doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't even register on the scale because when you choose to obey God, nothing else matters. Emotions are powerful forces in the natural, but we do not have to be at their mercy. God intends for us to control our emotions. The Bible says this in Ephesians six and twelve. It says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." Mm-hmm. Lay your hand on your head for a second. Do something for me. Say head. head. Say I declare. I declare. You are subject. You are subject to my spirit. To my spirit. Amen. Amen. You are subject. Your your mind is subject. to to your spirit I know how strong something can feel I know that when you have something traumatic happen to you I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be aware of the feeling I'm telling you you can't make decisions based on it that's why you got to know what God said if it was based on feelings I wouldn't have you wouldn't have you probably wouldn't have either one of us as a pastor right now but you certainly wouldn't have us together Come on. if it was just based on feelings but something's got to be better than feelings that root you in the word of God. Yes. The Bible says that we have an anchor for our soul. The word of God is our anchor. Amen. You, ever, you ever wonder how you can take something, and anchors are, are pretty large, but in but comparison to the ship, they're not as big as the ship. You can put the anchor on the ship, and the ship will seal go. Yeah. But yet you put the anchor down, and it holds the ship in place. Yeah. Just because you got some word in your head Don't mean nothing You got to put it down somewhere You got to get the word out of your head And get it into your soul So that it can anchor your soul So that that thing ain't just going back and forth Every time the wind blows Somebody shout I'm anchored Tell somebody else to say I'm anchored Say it again say I am anchored And when you are anchored You are not tossed by your emotions Last week I gave you five ways that you can battle your emotions. I'm just going to say them real quick today. Here are five ways that you can win the spiritual battle over your emotions. Practice makes perfect. You're not going to do this one day and be perfect. I was listening to somebody talk about uh, James Harden the other day. I ain't going to get into the whole thing, whether he walk or not. That's irrelevant. What I do know is that he's got a nice shot even if he walked before he do it he got a nice shot someone said that every day he shoots a thousand step backs a thousand that that means that in the course of the day when he's at he is shooting a jump shot a thousand times this ain't made them all but he shot a thousand shots you know what kind of muscle memory you gotta have to shoot a thousand shots when Taylor was in high school, we sent Taylor to a, 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 a shooting coach, uh, Mr. Conley, and, and he, he used to have her to shoot and almost have her shooting blindfolded. She got so good with muscle memory, she shot 91% from the free-throw line for an entire season. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. Yeah. It wasn't that she was, it, she was good at free but but it was the muscle memory. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if you get muscle memory about how to obey God? Oh, God. I received this for my life. Yeah. Because understand, when, she, when Tyler was going through those classes he used to throw things beside their face when they were shooting the basketball. He would wave things. Why? Because the goal was to only have a singular focus and, to, and, to, and that even if you couldn't see, you could visualize where the rim was and our shot was the same every time. Yeah. Oh, if your obedience Ooh. was the same yeah. every time. But they waving stuff in front of me but my, uh, my, my muscle memory. But I can't see which direction. But I know where the end is. God already told me what to do. So all I'm going to do is just keep shooting. 91%. Yes. Bam. Bam. Come on. Bam. Yes, God. Yes, God. Most of us, we got to see the goal. Oh, come on. One distraction come. We over here. Come on. Come on. Come on. You got to get obedience like muscle memory. Yes. You know, it, people have in their system something called Flight or fight and you can't trick it you, cannot. Come on. you can't trick it. You, can trick it you can say if somebody hurt to me I'll knock Come them out on. Right. if you are a flight person and something hits boom <laughs> your first whatever is innate in you is what comes out in pressure Come on. but you can develop the word of God so much on the inside of you that when trouble makes a loud sound, your first response is not to run Come on. your first response is to respond to the way the glory of God would yeah. Come on here. but it doesn't happen overnight you have to practice it and develop it Thank you, Lord. so here are the five things you got to practice and develop number one we said you got to fill your mind with timeless truth fill your mind with timeless truth. What is timeless truth? The word of God. Why do you need to do that? So that you can focus on that despite your changing emotions. You know, uh, one of those office stores used to have a thing called the easy button. And you used to push that red easy button. You You need a pause button. You need a pause button in your life Somebody say something do something. Hit the pause button before you respond Don't let your feelings be your first response Let God be your first response Number two we said you got to give yourself a time out When you notice your emotions are spiraling out of control You give kids a time out The purpose of time out is to get your emotions under control You need to get your emotions under control Before you do something that disappoints your father I know God ain't mad no more that don't mean he don't get disappointed in our behavior though I'm a firm believer in that people are like oh well God ain't disappointed if he wasn't disappointed he wouldn't give us instruction he just let you do whatever but he loves you so he gives you instruction amen so learn to give yourself a time out when your feelings are going out of control stop keeping it real so much number three we said you gotta learn to deal honestly with the uncomfortable emotions that you feel it's okay to say that hey I'm sad today What's not okay is to be sad a week from now. In a month from now. In a year from now. It's okay. You got to learn to deal with those uncomfortable feelings that you have. Number four. We said you got to take care of your physical health. Because taking care of your physical health is is connected to your emotional health. Some people feel so bad because they're really out of shape. Severely. And, and and watch this, and I have to say this because I need people to understand this. Being out of you ain't gotta be fat to be out of shape. Come on, you can be really skinny and have diabetes and high blood pressure. On, that ain't got nothing to do with it. So you gotta make sure that you're maintaining your health. And one way you maintain your health is learn how to say no. Come on, learn how to say no. Say yes to what's important, say yes to what God tells you to say yes to, but the rest of that stuff you ain't gotta be everybody's hero. Come on. Amen. Amen. You, don't have, you don't have a lack of planning on their part doesn't constitute an emergency on yours Amen. It's, not, it's not rude or mean to say no and watch this no is a full sentence Amen. it don't have to be no but if I could I wouldn't I had to nah no not today I can't I would like to but I can't and if you wouldn't like to don't lie just say no right. <laughs> you didn't got a lie I like to do it. No, I don't. No. People ask me to help them move. If I can I will. But if I can't, I go, no, I can't. I can't do that. And you ain't got to feel bad about saying no, because that's the other part. Sometimes your feelings will cause you to feel guilty about stuff you ain't supposed to be feeling guilty about. Why do I have to feel guilty because I couldn't do something for you at the last minute when you yourself didn't even plan for it? No, there, there are so many people who are always running to somebody else's emergency that they literally can't take care of themselves. Yeah. You got friends who can't pay their rent and you're getting them your rent money and they talking about they're gonna give it back when you get your taxes. No, no. <laughs> Do y'all not watch Judge Duty? <laughs> Do y'all not watch Judge Mathis? Anytime they say they're going to give you their money back when they get their taxes, you ain't getting your money back. So if you don't have it to give, don't give it, and then don't allow yourself to feel bad because you couldn't. And just because you can don't always mean you do. That's when you have to learn to hear from God. The toughest thing for me is when God when someone asks me for something, I have the ability to do it, but God says no. That's the toughest thing for me. It's the toughest thing for me because in reality I'm like, but I got it though. But the problem is I hadn't been called to be God for people. And if you're not careful, you would interfere with what God's trying to do in their life. Amen. So you gotta take care of your physical health. And then number five, we said you gotta learn the lessons that God wants to teach you through your emotions. There are times that God tries to show you things about yourself based on how you respond to certain things. You know, it's interesting. I get to hear Pastor Sean, her end of the conversation a lot when she's at home because she's, she's coaching people. And I don't, I don't you know, hear their conversation. I kind of hear her side of it. And, and one of the things I hear her talk to our clients about all the time is, but what can you learn from this? What can you, you got upset and you responded that way. Why? Why did that happen? And and watch this. I I have to help you. You have to own when you get mad. Nobody makes you mad. Nobody makes you upset. Nobody makes you fly off the handle. Nobody makes you cuss them out. Nobody makes you strike them. Nobody makes you do that. You have to own that you did it so there are lessons that you need to learn because sometimes God's trying to teach us something but what we keep doing is blaming somebody else and as long as you blame somebody else that somebody else can always get you to respond inappropriately so we said you have to learn the lesson that God wants to teach you through your emotions now the Bible says this in John 16 and 33 it says these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world watch this you are going to have trouble You are going, but I'm a Christian, so? But I love God, and he says, in this world, watch this, with me or without me, you're going to have trouble. But with me, you don't have to worry because I've already overcome all the troubles. That's the thing you have to understand. Don't be shocked that something happened to you because you're a Christian. You're not exempt from the world's challenges. Come on. You're not exempt from problems. The difference is, is that as long as you know who the God is that you serve, you have an avenue to remedy any problem you come up against. Amen. I like how it says it in the Passion Translation. It says, for in this unbelieving world, it says you will experience trouble and sorrows. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, neighbor there's going to be some tough times. Some tough he says there's going to be trouble And there's going to be sorrows." He says but you have to be courageous yes. He says for I have conquered The world but watch this He says I've conquered the world But you can't be uh, Winning in this world If you they use the word passion used, If you're a faith punk if you, he says you got to be courageous You can't be a punk about this You got to decide when trouble comes your way You were engineered for this trouble You were designed for this trouble You was built for this In matter of fact you don't want nobody else to have to go through what you're going through Because you were designed to take care of it Don't yeah. ask God why so why, why me Don't be like why me God No, no, no. I know why me because you built me for this I'm designed to handle this. I was engineered. I was crafted on your designer's board just to overcome this kind of trouble. Because if God be for me, he's more than what? The entire world against me. So how do I use God's strength to manage my emotions? How do I use God's strength to manage my emotions? Because that's what we got to do. We got to learn how to use God's strength. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. The Apostle Paul says, here's how you manage, or here's how you use God's strength to manage your emotions. He says, God's grace is sufficient, and his power, watch this, is made perfect in my weakness. So how do I, how do I harness God's power? By admitting that I can't do it on my own. Amen. I admit that I am weak. You ever seen somebody trying to pick something up, and you're like, hey, you need something? No, yeah, no, no, I got it. You're like, okay, and they struggle. You're like, you sure? Now I got it. <laughs> well, in reality, all you had to do was get to the other side, and y'all both could have carried it. God said, you got some stuff in your life. If you just let me carry it, you wouldn't be struggling like you're struggling. You know, whenever you bend down and pick up a box, they always tell you that you're supposed to use your knees, not your back. Some of you are trying to pick up stuff with your back, but God is your knees. And if you just bend down with your knees And let God pick that stuff up off of you You wouldn't be straining And having all those problems that you're having yeah. Amen.
1: So how do I harness
0: God's power By admitting I'm too weak to do this thing by myself I'm not saying you're weak I'm saying what you're going through You were never designed to have to fight it yourself One of my favorite stories in the Bible Is the story of Jehoshaphat The Bible says that Jef- Jehoshaphat Called the praise singers Which it's always threw me off I'm like why didn't he call somebody who could fight if I'm going to war I want some folk with some sticks I want some folk who can throw blow I want somebody who can choke you out but the Bible says he called Judah and he got Judah together and as Judah began to praise and to worship the word of the Lord came to Jehoshaphat and said listen stand still he says you don't even have a need to fight in this battle he says, before you get there It's going to already be won He said what I want you to do Is I want you practice praising While I'm fighting yes, yes, yes. In your situation You ought to practice praising While God is fighting oh, your battle You learn to give God Praise in the midst of the fight And watch him do some knockout blows Because after all we have confessed That he is the undisputed Heavyweight champion of the universe And since he ain't never lost, he ain't never had a draw, he is well able to defeat anybody you're fighting against. That's why we declare in Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified Version, it says, I can do all things which he has called me to do. See, that's what I liked about the Amplified. You can't do everything, but you can do everything he called you to. For I can do everything. No, you can't. No you can't you cannot do everything You can do everything that he has Called you to do it says Through him who strengthens and Empowers me how to Fulfill his purpose I am Self-sufficient In crisis sufficiency And I am ready for anything and Equal to anything through Him who infuses me with Inner strength and confident peace Look at your neighbor say I can can. Do Do everything He's called me to If you believe that you ought to to give the Lord some praise this morning I can do everything God's Told me to do It's such a powerful Statement I can do Everything God has called me To do what's the rationale behind that Because if he called me to do it he already made It successful before he called me It's not like Me and my own efforts he's already Made this thing a reality He did this he called me to a completed work. Yeah. What we're doing is just walking out everything he already made a path for. God is your trailblazer. God is your forerunner. He has literally carved a path in the wilderness so that you can walk through a place that used to be desolate and you can see where you're going. Thank you, Lord, man. The key here is refusing to be passive. Too many Christians are passive waiting for an outside force to come and move you or make you feel like doing something and making a conscious decision to do what's right cannot be a passive choice you have got to be aggressive about the things of God people laugh at Pastor Sheldon now because when we decide to do something we get very aggressive about it we get very aggressive and I don't know why some people don't Because anything you've ever done in your life That you really accomplished That you had a hand in doing You were aggressive about it Now there's some stuff that folk could give you But you don't want to live your life Waiting on somebody to give you something I don't want nobody I ain't waiting on somebody to give me my peace I'm going to take my peace I ain't waiting on somebody to give me joy I'm going to take my joy How do I do that? By finding out what God says and going I can do that He called me to that I can do that And I don't let outside forces hinder me. Outside forces become sideshow distractions. That's all they are. They're sideshow distractions. And you got to be careful to understand what's coming for your peace, what's coming for your joy, what's coming for your happiness, what's coming for your money. And you can't let that stuff cause you to lose focus on what God has said. I want to encourage you to trust God to help you do the right thing even when your emotions are pushing you to do something different. Don't become a person who's always being led by their emotions. God is faithful. He is faithful and he'll always give you the ability to do whatever it is that you need to do that he has instructed you to do. Amen? The Bible says this in Proverbs 3 and 5. We we read this all the time. I, I, I think it means so much. It says, trust in the Lord with what? All of our and do not lean to our what? Your feelings are your own understanding. Trusting God in your heart says, I'm going to go by my spirit. Leaning to my own understanding is my feelings. He says, so trust in the Lord with your spirit and not with your feelings. Amen. He then says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. He says, in all of thy ways, do what? Yeah. Acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct your path. So even when your emotions tell you to go one way, we don't go by our emotions. We go by the pathway that he has directed us in. And by doing that, we end up living our best life. Amen. Proverbs 28 and 26 says this. It says, whoever, whoever, look at your neighbor and say, whoever. Whoever. That means whether it's you or you, whether you're six or 66. He says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. And this is important, because why do they use such a strong word? And when you growing up, if you said fool, you probably got a whooping. It. Yep, it it sure yeah. Most of us, if you grew up in a culture that didn't let you say fool, fool was like a cuss word. Yeah. Yeah. But the Bible says if you trust in your own heart, in your own mind, you are a fool. Now, what is a fool? This, this It's not rhetorical. What's a fool? The the cares, the what is it? Uh, okay come on come on what's a fool okay what's a fool according to the word of God the man who has said in his heart that there is no God he says so when you trust in your own feelings you are dismissing God Now the Bible defines for us what a fool is Not Webster's Dictionary But the Bible says A fool is a man Who has said In his own heart There is no God So he says here He that trusted his own heart Is that man He is a fool He has decided that God is non-existent So God gives you an instruction But you follow your your feelings You have just said God you don't count You have just said, God, you don't matter. God, you don't exist. Hush. Because you have decided that God is you. And the Bible says you can serve. Because you're going to end up loving one and hating the other. I love my feelings, but I hate you, God. Oh, I would never say that. But that is what you're saying. It's what the Bible says you're saying. It's what heaven hears you say. So when I talk to you about not being governed by your emotion, it ain't because I don't want to deal with your crazy emotions. It's because I don't want you dealing with your crazy emotions. I don't want you being in a place where you think you're serving God and you done told God to get off your porch. Leave me alone. I got this, God. Well, but <laughs> <laughs> now, but cancels out everything that came before it's to live so. we can be, be like, oh, on the breath. He says, whosoever. But whosoever. We'll now, what does it mean to walk wisely? It? it means to not be a fool. Come on. Means that means that to be a fool means I say there is no God in my heart. To be wise is that there is a God. And since there is a God, I follow his instruction. He says, but whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Where are you going to be delivered from? Your fickle feelings? And all the torment torment that comes with it? So understand this. Your feelings absolutely cannot, they cannot be the source of your foundation for how you behave. We're going to close with this last scripture. Hebrews 6.18-20 it's, it's one of Pastor Sean's favorite scriptures I have grown to love it And I especially love it in this particular translation Now watch this It says So it is impossible For God To do what? Now, now hold on impossible. It says it is what? Impossible, impossible. For God to do what? So if God says it, it's the Whatever it is And if God If something says something different than what God says It can't be the truth So it must be a Lie. lie. He says so it's impossible for God to lie For we know that his promise And his vow will what? Never change It says and now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves when, you, when your emotions get the best of you, don't stay with your emotion. Run into God's heart. Hide yourself until you get yourself together. He says, "So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that His promises and His vow will never change." And now we have run into His heart to hide ourselves in His faithfulness. It says this is this. In his heart is where we find his strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. It says an unshakable hope. So even when my feelings make me feel like I'm going down, I just run into the heart of God and I stay there till I get myself together. It's where the strength comes from that causes me not to be moved or shaken by what I see. We have this it says we have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God Himself. Come here, Chris. Come here, Chris. It's 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 like this. It's like you linked up with God. And it don't it don't matter who comes your way. What's that game? I know y'all used to play it in pre-K. When when when, when you Red Rover, Red Rover. Y'all used to play that? When somebody came. You didn't care who ran through you braced yourself and when they came through you picked them up and you got them and you stuck them on your team when your feelings try to run at you yes! don't you let that thing break your guard. you stand there flesh footed and you face it you run into god and when it comes over you lift it up and stick it on your team and say no you under my control yes! he says we have this certain hope like a strong unbreakable anchor Holding our souls to God himself Our anchor of hope Is fastened To the mercy seat seat. One translation said It's welded It's welded When you take two pieces Of metal and you weld them together They are inseparable And watch this Notice the location I ain't got time for all this He says our anchor Of hope It is fastened to the mercy seat The mercy seat Watch this It says which sits in the heavenly realm Beyond the sacred threshold In other words he says It goes to a place Where even the most holies of holies can't get to There are seraphims And angels and cherubims Who can't access places Where you and I get to access he said we get fastened we get welded together he says in the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus watch this our forerunner has gone in before us now if you study this out in this particular translation this word forerunner literally means someone who has went through an identical situation that you have it says so literally our hope is fastened to the mercy seat and is fastened at a place that only the holies of holies can get to it says and Jesus sits there as our forerunner who has went through exactly what we went through so if Jesus made it then you and I have a clear path to make it it says our forerunner has gone in before us watch this He is now and forever our world priest. He is the one making intercession for us in a place that can't nobody get to but us, God, and Jesus himself. So don't tell me you can't control your emotions. Don't tell me you can't control it. Don't tell me you can't put a guard on your mouth. Don't tell me you can't exhibit self-control. Jesus is your forerunner. Jesus, we became an example for you. The Bible says just like you, he was tempted by all men and in every place just like we were. Jesus did not come to his feelings. You ain't gotta come to yours. So as you leave this place today, I need you to make the decision. I will not be controlled by my emotions. I don't care what happens this afternoon. I don't care what devil brings my way. I will not be controlled by my emotions and when you make that decision and you get home and you and your spouse get ready to have this little tussle that I know the enemy wants you to have somebody gotta push the pause button somebody gotta be the bigger person somebody gotta be the bigger person somebody gotta push the pause button somebody gotta say wait a minute I know what the devil's trying to do I'm not going and even if the other person sit there and keep going all off you gotta learn to maintain your self control when they get done, oh, you simply say. Are you ready to discuss it without all the emotion? Yeah. They might cuss you off around too but you just sit there. Because you know what I found out in my own life? It's hard for a fool to argue by himself. I get to holler and fussing, and she don't say nothing. You don't feel like a fool at first. Yeah. After you done run it for seven and a half minutes. <laughs> and they ask you that, that question and that nobody likes. Are you, done? are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Are you finished or are we done? <laughs> then you feel like a fool. And then you realize, you know what, I've been out of control. I gotta stop this. And then you get to self-actualization that says, you know what, I don't have to act like this. And then the next time you find yourself in that situation, you don't want to be the fool no more. You don't want to be the person who says in his heart that there is no God. You want to do it God's way. Yes. And that's how you grow and mature. Amen. Amen. And so this morning, I just want you to take that with you. I, want you to ho- I hope that you will, will take that and that you will grow and mature on that. Amen. Yes. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Say, I'm done. I'm done. Being governed Being by, my by my emotions. Say, I am. I am. Greater than how I feel. How I feel. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I am greater than how I feel. Yeah. I am greater than how I feel. And if you don't understand, and you, and you got to say that to yourself even when you ain't feeling great. Amen. Yeah. You are greater than how you feel. Amen. Y'all receive that word this morning? Yeah. Amen. Give the Lord some praise.